time is your most valuable commodity. Most of us in general, no matter what business you're in, you can't create more time. It's not possible. <laughs> it's just not. So, you know, that's one thing that people really have to take a step back and think about like time and energy. What do I want to devote it to? Most of our users are passionate about their venue. They're passionate about their clients. They're not super passionate about taking payments or doing collections. That's not fun. Who likes doing that? Yeah. Um, so we try and, you know, ease the things that are not fun and allow people to focus on why they got into their business in the first place. You're listening to the Venue RX podcast. Well, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Venue RX. On this channel, we are passionate about documenting and sharing best practices for owning, operating, and managing world class wedding venues. And that's a very complicated way maybe of saying we want to make wedding venue education available to everyone and we want to make it easy to run your venue to operate your venue uh, and to do a good job while you're at it right and to kind of eliminate some of the pain points that, that you might have along the way and so on this show we do all sorts of different types of mini shows. We've got the Venue Owner Series that has been so much fun. If you're a venue owner listening to this and you want to come on the show, uh, send us a message. Uh, but we also do interviews with you know, all sorts of different tools and um, pieces of technology that you can use to make your, your venue business better. And so I am really excited today to have the Director of Customer Operations on the call, uh, Jess from Planning Pod. Thank you so much for being here, Jess. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. I feel like I kind of butchered your title. So let's just, we got to start there. Director, what is your official title? <laughs> so I am the Director of Customer Operations with Planning Pod. So basically that means I oversee um, anything that touches our customers. So I oversee um, the development and the kind of uh, product process. So okay. what the tools and, and the things that we're offering updates, those kinds of things. But I also oversee our customer support department, our customer success department, and just onboarding, training, kind of everything that touches the customers. So post sales and marketing, it all comes over and my team handles all of that. That's so cool. Okay. So I, so I didn't totally butcher it. Butcher it. No, no, you, you got it exactly right. It was perfect. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Well, before we hopped on and I, and I had to kind of stop us because we were launching into it. We were talking as we were, got as excited. I, yeah. Yeah. As I was getting to know you a, a bit and we were talking about pain points in the industry and, you know, we talked about really wanting to start a um, more resources for venue owners, a mentorship program that we've talked about before on this channel. And you were mentioning, um, and, I, and I wanna kind of get back there because I feel like what you were saying was really relevant to what we're gonna be talking about today uh, with Planning Pod. But you were just talking about the lacks, the lack rather, and the absence of resources uh, for this industry and, and be, that there are so many different types of venues, right? So kind of, Take me back there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and I know you're talking with all sorts of different venues and there are all sorts of different venues listening, but, you know, Planning Pod as a company, um, we serve everyone from, you know, people who have big event centers to small, you know, family owned wedding barns and multi-unit restaurants, uh, just kind of there's barbecue places, food truck operations. Um, venues can kind of live in a whole different, a whole kind of world of different types of venues. And what we found a lot is that um, people are, they're looking for connections. They're looking for people to collaborate with. They're looking for people to um, share best practices with. And there has been a pretty significant lack in some of those resources in the past because there's such variety in the industry. Um, a lot of best practices apply across the board. A lot of them really don't. So it's, you know, it's an, a whole adventure. Someone who does catering is going to have a completely different perspective and completely different set of needs technology wise and also mentorship wise and collaboration wise than someone who, um, you know, maybe just does bar service or doesn't do any food or beverage at all. And they're renting out a space. Um, but there are some, there's a lot of crossover there too. So it's, it's an, an interesting adventure to embark on because you do have to fit so many different, you have to wear so many different hats when yeah. you're supporting the venue industry for yeah. sure. I think that's a cool place to start the origin story of planning pod. You know, how do yeah. you define a venue, but then how did planning pod get started to serve this very diverse industry? 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, Planning Pod was actually the brainchild of um, Jeff Keir and um, Stephen Feingertz. They ran a marketing organization or a marketing company um, before they started Planning Pod. And really the origins behind it were they were running into a lot of small businesses who needed business software and specifically event professionals. So the original iteration of Planning Pod was a company called My Wedding Workbook. And it was truly like taking the, and so anyone who's an event planner out there has event planners who work for them, they'll remember the wedding book, the actual, like it was a physical binder with lots of pages that you'd flip through and it had all the details that you needed. They basically took that and digitized it into tools that were, you know, comprehensive and would allow you to keep all of that stuff on the cloud so that you always had what you needed at your fingertips. Um, we really served wedding planners for uh, until, we still do. They're still part of our market for sure. But we actually shifted to venues in 2017, 2018, when we realized we had a lot of venues that were using our wedding planning or our event planning tools to manage their venue. And there just wasn't another solution out there that worked for them. There wasn't something that could really serve them well, because there really wasn't anything that was venue focused. There are point of sale systems, there are reservation systems, there are kitchen management systems, but nothing really bridged the gap to get all of the things that, um, for example, a small wedding venue might need. They need all the business processes. They need the floor planning tools. They need to be able to offer attendee management to their user or to their customers. There's so much more that they need than just a point of sale or a catering management system. There was not really anything there. So we really shifted in, um, we relaunched our software with venues in mind in um, early 2019. And that's when we added our catering tools. That's when we added our um, banquet event order tools. We added um, additional CRM functionalities. We're constantly improving. But that was kind of the first moment when we really targeted and started working with venues because there were so many venues already using us, so many that kind of needed those tools. Um, so it was it was really an organic shift. We didn't really make the decision. The venues coming to us kind of made the decision for us. And then we looked at it and said, okay, how can we serve them better? How can we do more for them? What do they need? And so we just reached out and asked. We said, what do you need? What are you missing? What, what else? And that's kind of our mentality as a company is what's next? What else can we do to serve you? How can we do better? How, you know, where are your pain points? What hurts? Let's see if we can make it feel better. Totally. I'm, I'm super excited to talk to you, maybe even off air, just about some of the things, you know, we're looking for, because we manage multiple properties in, in our neck of the woods here in Southern California, and we're looking yeah. to expand that management to the rest of the country. But there are some things, and we've kind of created, you know, some spreadsheets and some tools internally to help us solve some of those pain points that the current CRM mm -hmm. that we use doesn't, you know, give us right. access to. So I'm curious to kind of chat with you a little bit more, but let's, let's dive into planning pod. Cause I think, yeah. you know, if, if the listener or viewer on YouTube walks away uh, from this with a really good understanding of, you know, kind of what you guys do and, you know, if someone's listening, who is your tar target client? Who is your ideal client? Who wins the most by using planning pod as a venue? That is a great question. Um, I would say that our, the majority of our current clients um, fall in the small to medium venue kind of, uh, you know, small to medium business kind of uh, category, if you will. Um, we, and I know so, I've mentioned it several times. Well, and let me interrupt. What do you mean by that? Small to, is a small to medium business, uh, is, is this like um, 20 acres versus 100 acres? Or is this two employees That's versus five? So break it down. That's a great question. Um, some of them are sing they're a single or two person operation where they're doing a lot of business, but they're doing it on a lean um, staff and a lean budget. So um, that's where like our smaller businesses there, when I say smaller, it's going to be usually a single unit kind of um, venue. So they have a single property they might rent it out just, and I use the example of wedding barns because that was something that really, I'm sure you've seen this, but during the pandemic, a lot of people, they were laid off or they kind of reprioritized their lives and said, okay, how do I work for myself? How do I do more with what I have and be around my family more and do more? And they opened wedding barns on their property. They had space or they purchased a venue during the pandemic. It's actually the way that we continue to grow through the pandemic is that so many people did shift their priorities and they chose to take a risk 
that they might not have taken if everything hadn't shut down. So it's, it was a very fascinating thing to kind of be a part of and watch. Um, so small businesses would be those that have, you know, maybe one or two rooms or locations that they can rent out. Um, they're typically doing a fair amount of volume of events, but they are, um, you know, they're kind of new to the industry. Many of them are very new to the industry, which, you know, feeds right into the need for education. They have the space, they have the vision, they have the passion. They don't necessarily always have the business know-how yet. And that's where, you know, we try and help to kind of remove those barriers. Um, medium, I would say, are they're going to be our, our hospitality groups that are running multiple locations, rest, smaller restaurants, um, or even mid-sized restaurants with private event spaces in them. Um, you know, we do have a, a fair number of like music venues that um, they have, they might rent out their space, but they also promote their own events, breweries and wineries, where they have a single location that they can rent out, especially for weddings, that's, that's the high dollar um, rental for a lot of those locations is, you know, they basically shut down for a weekend for a wedding. Um, so those are kind of, I mean, lots of mom and pop places. Also, many, really, it's shifted to a lot more restaurants and um, hotels who do catering and on-site events, um, usually single location or maybe two to three locations. Let me ask this question, because I think, for especially for some of those you know, smaller, you know, single unit, maybe owner-operator mm -hmm. type, type businesses, there may be a little bit of resistance to say, oh, well, we only do... 50 events a year or 30 events a year or even 60 events a year. And I, and I like it that way. It's just me and a couple other people kind of to help facilitate those weddings. And we don't really need to grow. So why the tools? Like why, you know, because a venue has limited inventory in a sense, right? Yes. Yes. Why absolutely. the tools? That's a great question. Um, the main reason that people come to us typically is because they are struggling with managing the actual booking process. That is, I think, the most common pain point. They may have a ton of inquiries or they may have enough inquiries to book out every weekend that they want to in that year, to book out 52 weekends. Um, the problem is it's a ton of follow-up. If you're doing all of that via email, things fall through the cracks. You're not offering good customer experience. Um, you know, you forget to follow up with someone. I mean, you're basically just leaving money on the table if you don't have good follow through. We have a full leads management system that allows you to kind of customize each step in your sales pipeline and say, okay, this person, this is a new inquiry and you can set idle lead uh, warnings. So if they've been sitting in a step too long, it's going to say, hey, you need to talk to this person. They need your help. Um, it allows you to kind of not set it and forget it because there's always that human contact that's really important in this industry because it is so personal. It is so, usually these are emotional events. They're important events in people's lives that they're having at these locations. Um, so that leads management pro kind of process, that tool, and it encompasses multiple things. It, we have um, digital contracts and proposals. We have invoicing with integrated payment processing with auto automatic payment reminders, and it'll let you know if things are past due. We have auto pay associated with that. So the actual business portion of the CRM, or kind of the business and or CRM portion of the software is what a lot brings a lot of those smaller businesses to us. Because right now they're using maybe DocuSign and Word Docs or Google Docs and a spreadsheet and then also, you know, Google calendars or iCal or Outlook, you know, there are like six to eight different pieces of free or inexpensive software that they might have to use, but it's just so easy for details to fall through the cracks on there. Um, I'd say the big one is it's, it's kind of one of those, you got to spend money to make money a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the other big pain points is missed payments. People are making mistakes. They're forgetting, you know, they're not following through. They're not collecting the money until, you know, the day of. There, there are best practices that people follow. There are also, you know, there's no right way necessarily to invoice someone. But when you're sending a paper invoice and then having them Venmo you or send a Zelle payment or pay via cash or check, those are all fine options. But if you're not tracking it, you're risking just throwing money away. Mm -hmm. And that's a big portion there for a lot of people. Um, People who are going or venue owners who are going above and beyond and they're offering, you know, planning services 
or some kind of day of coordination or vendor coordination, any of those things, that is, you know, that's another separate piece of software. And that's separate from like a floor planning software where you can actually seat guests and, you know, allow your guests to kind of interact with, with that information. Um, the other big thing is the client portal. So our client portal is, it's controlled by the user. They can decide what tools show up in there, but for, especially for our caterers, you can actually have your customers select their menu items off of the menu that they've chosen right in the client portal and then submit their selections, which, you know, it's, you know, they're pressing the button. They're saying, this is what I want. So it does, it kind of takes, it takes a lot of lift off of these smaller businesses, um, especially those who are working full-time jobs. Yeah. and running a venue, which is pretty common right now. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Jess, I want to ask you a question that I've seen so many times asked in different wedding groups, uh, on Facebook mm -hmm. specifically, different owner groups that, I've, that, I, that I'm a part of. Talk to me about refunds. How does someone refund payments or uh, actually physically take payments? So both sides of that yeah. in, your, in your portal. Um, yeah. That is a fantastic question. Um, so we have a variety of payment partners that can integrate with um, with Planning Pod. Our preferred partner is a company called PaySimple. They're based out of Denver, Colorado. They were right down the street from us when we still had an office down in Denver. Um, but they've been around. They're a subsidiary of um, EverCommerce, which they're they've dealt with payments for, gosh, I can't tell you how many years, but. They're a fantastic partner and they allow us to um, integrate with both credit card payments and ACH or electronic check payments. Um, that's really not super common across the board. Those ACH payments save, it saves a lot of money in processing fees for our users. So that was really important to us. Um, the integration is seamless. Basically, as soon as you have your account set up with PaySimple, it's integrated with your planning pot account. And then you can accept payments kind of as a one-off, like just process them right there within your system with the client standing there. You can send, we have a payment reminder schedule um, system. So you can set your standard payment terms as a template and you just import that into each of your invoices. So many of our users, they maybe take a 50% deposit and then they might take, or a 20% deposit, whatever it happens to be. And then they take, you know, 60% and then they take a final payment at 30 days out. You can set that up ahead of time and then you just import that template. It calculates the amounts that are due. It calculates the um, dates when they're due based on the invoice due date. And then it automatically sends email reminders with a pay now button on it for your customers. So there's that option. That's great because if they don't pay it on time, you get a notification. Yeah. You get an email, you get a, um, a notification on your home screen dashboard that's just like, hey, you need this needs attention. And you can actually take action right there from the home screen dashboard to say, to send a reminder email or to follow up with them via the phone, whatever your kind of your, your communication technique is with the organization. Um, in addition to that, there's auto pay, um, which is super helpful if you have someone who's like on installments, like I want to pay $500 a month for the next 18 months, and then I'll just be paid off when it comes to the event. Um, so that's kind of taking payments. As far as refunds go, this is another great part about integrated payment processing. You guys can actually refund from the invoice and planning pod if you need to. Um, refunds are one of those kind of, I'm sure you've experienced this, um, but they're a little tricky in the last several years. I mean, there used to be a hard and fast kind of standard in the industry that like you just didn't give refunds. I mean, that before 2020, that seemed to be the standard is it's like you pay and if something happens and you cancel, bummer. Like that's how it used to be. I, I feel like there's been a lot of shift and change in that part of the industry on whether people will offer refunds or how much of a refund that they offer for those types of events. Um, it's, you know, it's kind of all over the board for us is what we see, but it is very easy to refund from planning. <laughs> Okay. And before we move to refunds, I want to ask, what about kind of the outliers? Because I know many different softwares will allow you to do refunds of payments, you know, right there in the portal. Um, but again, going back before we talked about refunds, uh, yeah. many people will allow you to charge, you know, there is auto pay, there are some of these different things, but what happens when I need to charge an additional $300 for some add-on? Or I need to um, charge even post-event 
for something yes. that wasn't part, they're not gonna, the insurance isn't gonna cover it. It was $60 that need to be covered for, you know, an incidental. Right. How does that happen within planning pod? That is a great question. Yes. So um, the way that our all of our integrated payment processing works is um, we basically pass the information through to your payment processor. So it's a very secure connection. So whether it's your customer enters their credit card information in the portal or you enter it in the actual system, um, either way, you have the option to save it to your payment processing partner. And so in the case of PaySimple, basically they enter their information, it's fully encrypted and it actually doesn't even live in our system. It's encrypted and sent to their system and you have access then to charge that card as long as you have permission to do so. And I'm not an accountant and I'm not a lawyer, I have to say that. Um, but in this case, you know, it's you have their method of payment on file, you have their credit card on file. Um, if you need to charge something, we do recommend you adjust the invoice to show what you're charging for. Um, we also do have the ability to track damage deposits um, within the system. So there's also that that option where you can track a cash or a check damage deposit. And if you need to take a portion of that and apply it towards the final balance of the invoice, you have the ability to do that digitally as, as well. Oh, that's huge. The, the kind of the damage deposit, damage waiver, and this, I think, is a, is a beautiful lead-in to talk about refunds, but that, you know, hotels have had it for forever. You know, they put a mm -hmm. $500 or $800 or $1,000 hold, depending on the type of hotel you're staying at, on your card. And, it's, and, and gas stations even do it, right? They put a, you know, couple dollar right. hold or whatever, $50 hold on it, and then that drops off, you know, you know right. 24 hours or an hour after or something like that. How do you guys handle... Um, if the venue client does want to have some sort of damage deposit, do you guys have a drop-off system like that? So we don't. Um, that is, that's a little bit tricky from a technological standpoint and from a payment processor standpoint. Um, most payment processing companies consider that um, kind of, I'm going to use my air quotes here, forgive me, kind of high-risk behavior um, because it is holding and then returning money. Um, I'll be completely honest here with you. Um, I'm not sure how hotels kind of get around those things. I'm guessing that they basically pay to be able to do that. They have some sort of different relationship with their processors, or they might even have their own payment processor that handles those kinds of transactions. Um, our, our partners at PaySimple have um, shared with us that they are okay with actually physically taking a payment and then refunding that payment um, as a deposit. So it's you're actually taking the money from their account. It's not a credit card hold that is actually processing and then refunding. The benefit of our partnership with PaySimple is you're only charged processing fees on money you keep. So unlike, you know, our other payment processors, like, you know, basically any of the standards like Square or Stripe or QuickBooks payments or um, you know, almost every other processor. And I, you know, don't quote me on all of them. I don't know all of them, you know, intimately, Fair. but yeah. um, most of those, they're going to charge you a percentage of the fee to take the money in. And then they're going to charge you that percentage again to return that money to your client. Yeah. Our partners at PaySimple do not do that. You only pay fees on the money you keep, um, which is, you know, one of the reasons why, well, yeah, one of the major reasons why they're one of our our key partners for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's shift to refunds then. So on, on the flip side of that, you know, if you, and, and, and you're totally right, I think not only have the buyers changed, uh, buyer, you know, per buyer behavior and like consumer behavior, mm -hmm. but you know, we're used to going to Costco or Sam's club, you know, and being able to right. return stuff. You know, we are used to getting things very quickly as consumers. So then you yeah. go to a wedding venue and you're like, oh, I, there's like no possibility of a refund. And there, and so it like, it increases the risk. And of course, at the time of booking, you're sure, but I'm sure for anybody who's out there writing the checks or swiping the credit cards, they're thinking like, gosh, in the event that this doesn't work out for one reason or another, whether it's COVID or whether it's something venue related, county mm -hmm. ordinances, you know, with zoning have been an issue. Um, yeah. All sorts of things like that. Like, how do we, how do we process the refund? So how do you guys handle when a, when a client needs to uh, refund their their client? Um, I mean, with a refund like that, it's um, one of the things that I always share kind of as a best practice is you're going to want to make sure as a venue that you have an ironclad contract 
and that you're very clear in your con in, in your contractual language um, in exactly what options are and are not available. I've even seen people within Planning Pod go so far as to have um, you know our proposals in Planning Pod serve as our contract because they allow you to kind of represent um, everything that's included in a line item format. And then those convert over into invoices. So they're just, it's cleaner. They have all their legal language in there. They have kind of a, you know, a, a checklist of everything that, that someone's committing to and paying for um, line by line. Um, we still have a contract system as well that is, um, it's just text. It's like what you would think of as like, you know, I call it the wall of legal text, which, you know, no one likes, but it's necessary sometimes. I've had some people go so far as to have a cancellation policy in a separate contract so they get a separate signature on it. Mm. So just, you know, I hate to say it, but there there is a little bit of the the covering your back situation as a venue owner because people do expect to be able to return things, to be able to get money back. Um, as far as actually processing a refund within Planning Pod, the way that our our refunds work is you can process the same amount that you take in. So if I take a thousand dollar deposit, I can process right out of planning pod that same thousand dollars right back to my client. And it's a click of a button. You click refund. It goes, are you sure? You go, yep, I'm sure. And then it just, it'll process it through the payment processor. So um, the only exception to that rule is different payment processors have different windows in which you can process a refund. So if it's been more than six months, most payment processors won't allow you to process a refund from the original payment, but you can process a new refund. Um, so it just depends on what processor you're working with. So if you can't do it out of planning pod, which, you know, like I said, it's, I think it's about six months. Um, you just log into your processor and you can process any amount of a refund through that, through that way. That's, that's huge though, because, you know, a lot of times we're not refunding deposits because most people mm -hmm. in their contracts do have something about, you know, keeping the non-refundable deposit, right. but that second piece there of, second, third, fourth, fifth payments, regardless of how many, or depending on how many times, uh, how many payments it's broken up into, that's huge. And likely you will be doing that within a six month window. So, yeah. so let me get this straight. Planning pod doesn't actually charge you the processing fee, the 3% or 3.5% or whatever it is on the funds that you take in if you're returning them. Is that... As long as you are using our partner Pay Simple. So we okay. partner with multiple, like we also have Square and Stripe and QuickBooks payments and the ability to connect via um, an authorized.net gateway. Um, the reason that we love Pay Simple so much is they're a more unique, pro they're a more traditional merchant processor than like Square or Stripe. Um, it's not as instant gratification, like you actually go through a, an approval process. Um, but you get a customer success manager, you get like, you have personalized service. We work with them because they treat our customers the way that we treat our customers. Um, and, uh, so with them, they do not charge initially. So let me take a step back here. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a situation so that I make sure that I'm, I'm not leading anyone astray. If you have someone, for example, who made a payment of a thousand dollars and it's a refundable deposit. That would go and process through to Pay Simple and Pay Simple's fees. Um, I I try not to speak directly to their fees. It's as low as two point five four percent for a flat rate, but they use variable. Um, they use a variable scale depending on the card that's being used. They are significantly lower rates than any of our other partners and yeah. than any other card, not card in hand transaction. So, I mean, the, the lowest you're going to get on anyone else is 2.9 to 3.2%. Okay. So they're pretty significantly yeah. lower. So the way that they work is um, PaySimple takes all of the, pro the payments in, you get the full amount in your account. And then on a monthly basis, they pull out the fees for everything that you processed that month. Um, what would happen basically is you'd get that thousand dollars. They'd pull the fees out. If you refund it four months later, you would refund it and you would get the fees back in your account. So they would adjust it on the back end. Oh, um, so they're, they're far more traditional. It's definitely like for people who are used to using like a square or a stripe where it's just like they take your money, they take their percentage, they deposit the rest on a daily basis or on a weekly basis or whatever the cadence is for them depositing the money. Um, pay simple is a little bit different. It's a little bit more, um, it, it is more kind of 
uh, set in stone. Like these are the days that I'm going to get paid. I get paid, you know, and then these are the days that I'm going to have those funds coming out. So they also pay pretty quickly. Yeah. (laughs) But, but that's not a bad thing for venues. I mean, it's, it's not like you are a, some sort of street merchant where you're selling something at a farmer's market or something like that. I mean, venues are very, people are making large purchases, high ticket, Yeah. So, I mean, that really, that's really a cool partner. Let's, I want to talk about the other parts of planning pod and and really understand kind of the different features and the different tools that you have built in there. You mentioned a floor plan tool. Can you talk me through that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we do have a floor planning software um, included in our, all of our packages. We have three different packages. We have the venue management, which is what we're focused on today. We have our event management package, and then we have just the floor plans package. So for people who just need floor plans, I'll be really honest. Most of the people who come for just the floor plans go, why am I not getting everything else? And they end up moving into one of the other packages. Um, I love the floor plans tool um, because, I mean, there's really no, none of our competitors have a floor plans tool included with all the other venue and event management tools. Um, that's definitely something that makes us unique in the the software market for venues and event planners. Um, it's not 3D. There are people who have fancier tools. It's not necessarily going to be the right tool for someone who is um, doing event design where they want to have like florals and 3D renderings and all of that. However, it is to scale. It is very accurate. It allows you to either build your space or to upload a background image and scale it so that you can build on top of it. So if you do have like architectural plans or kind of an outline from another piece of software that can be uploaded, scaled, and then you can in real time place the tables, the chairs, the um, you know the DJ booths, the podiums, the, the TV screens we have. Oh gosh, I can't even remember how many different elements that we have. And then we're always adding them at request too. So um, beyond that, I think the biggest, one of the biggest values to that floor plans tool for most of our venues, um, many of them are not actually managing attendees. They're renting the space. They're, you know, they don't, for lack of a better term, they don't really care where people are sitting, but you know, who does care are the people having the events, you know, the bride and the groom or the bride and the bride or the groom and the groom, they want to go in and be able to seat their guests and envision what it, what's going on. So it's a great value add because that floor plans tool shows up. If you choose to, you can put it in the client portal. So you can upload a basic, like, here is my floor plan. It can seat a hundred guests. You have, you know, they can go in and they can kind of shift tables around a little bit. But beyond that, they can upload their attendee list. They can track RSVPs and meal choices in that attendee list. And then they can go and seat their guests and they can play with it all day until they're happy with it. And it kind of it keeps your clients engaged from a venue's perspective. It's an extra add-on. It's a value add for our customers to offer to their clients. And it kind of keeps their, um, it keeps their clients engaged and excited and, you know, moving forward without having a million calls and emails back and forth. So it's kind of like passive engagement for the venue owners. Um, You can also then produce a floor plan with all the meal choices or with priority or, you know, there's so many different ways you can use it. <laughs> well, and I was going to ask on the venue application standpoint, do you, is it where, so that, is it set up so that we can, you know, email out or print out a PDF or, you know, a, a document and then hand it to my on the ground setup team that'll set up all my Absolutely. tables and chairs correctly? Absolutely. Um, we are on a mission to reduce printing here at Planning Pod. So we recommend using the digital version. Um, cause you can also then zoom in and you can, uh, use the view filters and all of that, but absolutely you can produce a PDF. Um, you can print it if your space is, you know, we're talking an eight and a half by 11 typically. So unless you have a, like a big printer, the bigger, the room, the smaller, the, uh, the PDF is, um, but you don't lose resolution. So you can zoom in on a tablet or on a computer very easily and kind of just hand it off to someone to take care of that. It can be emailed out. Um, we do have a full email communication system within Planning Pod where basically if you're in an event, which our events are kind of a folder, it's a it's a digital folder that stores all of the tools, the floor plans, the um, the contracts, the proposals, the invoices, the um, food and beverage and the catering management, it stores everything in that folder. But when you're within that event, if there's something that can be turned into a PDF, you can click a box and email it out. Um, 
all of these things also, not all of them, but all of the customer facing tools, you have the option to show in the client portal too. So they can see exactly what to expect. They can see their menus. They can see their banquet event orders. They can, um, you know, download their attendee lists. They can share their, we have a timeline tool and itinerary um, tool that they can see and interact with and share with other people who are involved in the wedding. So, or the event. Um, so it's, the communication out of the tools is really solid. It allows you to really share information very quickly. No what? downloading and then uploading to an email. We don't have to do that. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. That's huge. That's it. Well, that's one last step, which makes a big difference. Yeah. Talk to me one more piece about the communication, then we'll move on. I want to talk about reporting um, and, yeah. and how the software facilitates that. But for communication, are you able to add multiple users and maybe even add, you know, if it's a blank canvas venue, add in the coordinator, add in, you know, maybe a mother of the bride or groom, um, you know, you know, whoever, whoever else is a relevant participant on that file, like you called it, um, are you able to add those, add those people in and can they use some of these tools as well? Or can you select the level of access? How does that play out? So our client portal, the way that the access works is you kind of, you set the access for all of your clients. It's kind of like a user group where they all have the same access. Um, we did consider the fact that you may have, a, you know, a couple who is planning their wedding and they want to see everything and they're paying for it. So they want to see the invoice and they want to see the proposal and, you know, they're making decisions. Um, you can set up another client portal for like the mother of the bride, as you said, or, you know, another kind of interested party or another stakeholder in that event. Um, the only people who are going to see the financial documents, like the business documents are the people assigned to them. So, you know, the mother of the bride or the mother-in-law might see the floor plan and the attendee list and the itinerary, like the kind of more fluffy things. They're important, but they're, you know, they're not business documents. It's not how much are you paying and how much do you owe and all of that. So they'd be able to see that, but not necessarily see the business things, the contract, the proposal, the, um, the invoice. So you do have some control there over what they see. Um, as far as, you know, collaborating in planning pod, um, one of the kind of coolest things about it is that we don't limit the number of users you can have in your planning pod account. So as long as they're associated with your business, we don't charge based on users at all, um, which, you know, some people it's like you buy a seat and that person can log in and use it. Um, we're focused on events, like actual like revenue generating booked events that you might have. Um, so that's not as important to us, but we have four other access groups within the full application in addition to the client portal that um, people will use for like vendors. So they might be able to, they might have a vendor group where someone can, they can invite them to collaborate, but they can only see and edit very specific tools within that permission group. Um, we'll see the same thing with like, you know, a super admin is probably going to be someone pretty high up in the organization, whereas you might have employees where they just need to be able to print the BEOs and execute the event, right? And maybe download a floor plan, a couple other things. So you have pretty molecular control over exactly what people can and cannot do when they're collaborating with you in your account. That is, that's huge. That's so huge because you're right. There's so many, and it really speaks back to what we were saying at the very beginning of, of this, this podcast mm -hmm. about the different applications and the different types of venues. It could be small, you know, multi-space like restaurants yeah. even with like venue space. It could be, um, you know, barns or, you know, properties that have multiple spaces. So that's, that's really cool. You mentioned molecular and that made me think of data and that made me think of reporting. Reporting. So let's, let's get there and then we'll wrap this up with, with pricing. But, um, so talk to me about reporting. How, how do you, what do you report on? What reports can you generate? You, I like that word molecular. Yeah. Is it molecular? I want to know. It is so molecular. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, no, I'm actually really excited to talk to you about reporting. And I'll tell you that um, one of the big reasons why I'm so excited to talk to you about reporting is we are about two weeks into a complete and total overhaul of all of our reporting. Um, so you'll, you'll hear it here first. Most of our users also know that we're working on this because we like to reach out to our users when uh, when we're working on new things. But right now, our reporting is there is a ton of data, a ton of information you can pull out of it. It is truly 
um, you know, molecular, but it can be a little overwhelming because basically everything we download into CSV files. Um, so our reporting is really robust in that you can pull all the information you need, but we made a decision several months ago that we need to take this further and to make it easier and to make it more customizable for our users. So, um, I can never promise when a product launch is coming out by any means, but we are so excited for this one. We're, we're, we're probably, um, still somewhere between eight and 12 weeks from launching. Um, but that will, with the updates that we're making, um, you will be able to really pull any data point that's associated with an event and kind of choose exactly what you want to see. So forecasting, profit and loss kind of reporting, um, you know, looking at your leads management. Our leads reporting is awesome right now. It's excellent. It's the last thing that we redid when we redid our, our leads pipeline. But just the ability to report on um, everything from you know, how many booked events do I have in this month to saying, okay, how many potential booked events do I have in my pipeline? How much potential revenue um, do I have sitting there? And then we even track, you can track down to individual lead sources and say, okay, everyone that I got from, for example, Wedding Pro or, you know, a specific online lead source that maybe you pay for, you can say, I got, you know, a thousand leads this year from this resource. And of those thousand leads, 50% um, of them never moved past the first step in my pipeline. They never responded. And so then you can even take it even further and say, okay, of the 50% that's left, 30% of them, I lost at pricing. I lost at the proposal step. And then, you know, maybe it, when it really comes down to it, so you can even, you can hone in on, okay, I lost these, this amount of leads from this lead source at this step in my pipeline. So it really helps you to take a step back and look at like, where am I spending my marketing dollars? Yeah. Like, should I'm, I be paying for this advertisement? You know, I lots would, of leads doesn't mean lots of money. It's so true. It's so true. There's a level of mastery there that I think is like, you know, for a, for a venue owner, you know, first starting out, just get your operations down, right? Like get, yeah. get your flow, learn stuff about your venue, learn stuff about the people that you have working for you, get systems and processes in place around like doing the stuff. But then once you have that, you've got to analyze, you've got to step back. And as a, as an owner kind of have that, you know, 30,000 foot view of saying, okay, yeah. what's working, what's not, how are we allocating our money? You know, who are we employing? Like all of those questions. And yeah. you, you can't do that without great data. And so I love hearing that. Um, you'll laugh at me because I'm, I'm a data nerd. I love metrics and, um, I'm, I'm the first person that everyone rolls their eyes at because I'm like, we need to make data driven decisions. Y'all like it has to happen. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's so true. Um, I'm, my background is from, is really in corporate training and reporting. And so coming into, I, I was brand new to the, the events industry period when I started working for planning pod four and a half years ago. Um, and I learned so much from just talking to venues from, you know, I started out in customer support and then kind of started our training program. And I think they trained me as much as I trained them. I taught them how to use the software, but there's been so much collection of information and data and where people hurt and where people are confused and where they feel like they have holes and, um, you know, want to grow more and, but they don't know how. And they're like, well, everyone told me I needed to pay for this lead source. And I'm, I'm throwing 10 grand a year into this lead source and I get lots of leads. And when you ask them, okay, how many of those are converting? They go, huh? Because it's just, you know, you're just sometimes marketing at the beginning is you're just throwing stuff at walls, right? And seeing what sticks. Um, I really pride myself and my team is really proud of the kind of coaching and collaborative um, approach that we take to onboarding customers, because so many of them do come to Planning Pod, and they're they're overwhelmed. Like they're learning a new piece of software. That's overwhelming. Period. I don't care who you are. It's overwhelming um, to learn a new piece of software. But they're doing that while trying to continue to run their business. And then we ask, okay, what metrics are important to you to track? And it's just, you can sometimes just watch the glaze over happen. And that's where we really take a consultative approach. And we say, okay, let's look at your entire business process. We start this from the very first interaction we have with someone when they come and say, hey, I want to see what you're all about. So first thing we do is we say, tell us about your business. What are you doing? 
What's working really well? What hurts? What are you not sure about? And we take that information and we make sure that that makes it over to our onboarding and training team and try and really get an intimate understanding of exactly where the pain points are and kind of what they're trying to accomplish, which allows us to make recommendations on what they should track. What should you be tagging? What lead sources are important? Um, and then, you know, helping them, our customer success team is there to help them kind of look at that data and say, okay, what's next? How do I take action on this data? Um, and so I, I really, you know, I said this to you before, but I really appreciate the approach that you're taking to education because that's, that is my background. I'm, I'm all about the training and education and really there's so many people who they get it, but it's just, no one's, no one's helped guide them through these things yet. And when you are, you know, it's that 30,000 foot overview that you kind of mentioned, like it's easy for someone to take a step back and look at your business from 30,000 feet away when they're new to it. You, when you're working your business, you're working in the business, not on the business. You're totally, so you're in often. it. Yeah. Yes. And so it's, it's hard, especially when you're a smaller organization to take a step back and work on your business instead of in your business. And many people just can't. So they need a partner to help them do that. And, and so- and I think that really happens at all levels. That's something that I'm experiencing right now. We went from managing one venue to managing three venues really quickly. Mm -hmm. And so in doing that, we kind of broke a lot of the systems that had worked before at one venue, like systems you didn't even need almost. But mm -hmm. now at scale, you started needing those systems. And then there was this, this feeling that I had of like, okay, I do need to focus down and in but I wasn't looking up and out to understand, okay, what are the impl implications of this, you know, at a macro level? And then it's easy to get stuck and you feel, and you feel like you're hitting the ceiling. So that's so relevant to my own experience as well. Yes. I'm right there with you. I mean, planning pod has grown so quickly um, over the last, you know, especially the last two and a half years, three years um, where I get 100%, I'm guilty of getting in the weeds. I've done every job that, that in my department, the departments I oversee. So there are moments where I will find myself doing things that I'm like, I don't need to do this. I need to take a step back and work on instead of in. Um, <clears throat> so we can definitely, I mean, we're a growing business too. We work with growing businesses. I think um, the key here is it's what you just touched on. It's empathy. It's, mm -hmm. you know, being able to, to take a step back and kind of put yourself in, in their shoes and say, okay, why is this, why does this hurt? And what can we do to help? Um, it's the way we approach our development process too. So it works out, it, it works out across the board. Like if, if we can be empathetic and kind, like that's, that's basically what we've built our business on. I love that. Like how can we help? <laughs> I love that. Well, just let's talk pricing. How do you break pricing down? And, um, and then, yeah, I mean, we're going to include links to, to your software and any landing pages or anything so that people can, people can check out what you guys do. Um, yeah. And maybe everyone, if I twist Jess's arm, she'll give us some sort of hookup, you know, for coming off the podcast, <laughs> putting the pressure on her. This is I'm not in I'm not in charge of the the uh, pricing hookups, but I can oh, guarantee I we can hook you up with uh, with some uh, great training, onboarding um, support. I love it. And I'm just um, cold. Everyone, I'm just cold pitching her on this just live. She had no idea that was coming. <laughs> totally unfair. Very cool. Well, yeah, Jess, talk to me about pricing. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Okay. So our venue, so our venue management packages and our event management packages, they are um, hyper-focused on, um, they're, they're focused on the, the number of events that you have active at right. a single time. So we don't do, you know, events per year. We do actual active um, events on a rolling basis. So um, our venue packages start at 25 active events. And basically once an event is over, you can archive that event and it opens up more space. Um, our uh, venue packages start at 149 a month for annual subscriptions, but we do have monthly subscriptions available as well. Um, you definitely um, end up saving a lot more doing an annual subscription. Um, and so, I mean, they go up from there. Um, we have starting at venue 25 and we kind of uh, have uh, different packages that you can step into. So that's the other thing is you can kind of scale with planning pod. So if you fit into that 25 or that 50 package to start off with, and then you find yourself halfway through the year and you're just kicking ass and booking all of the things, um, then you just let your customer success manager know and we just up your package to the next level and, and get you on your way. So it does allow you to kind of scale with 
the um, with the organization. That's like that's like honestly a great price because. I mean, I don't know for anyone listening right now. I mean, we have experience using. I'm not going to go through all of the the tools, but I love tech tools, and I love. I mean, even just on this one, we're we're experimenting with this Otter AI thing, and I, mm-hmm. I, I like all the tools. And so we've checked out a lot of the tools, and maybe at a different on a different video, I'll go through a kind of a breakdown of some of our experiences with some of those. But you end up spending way more than $150 a month. Yes. Way more, like more like three to $500 a month, depending on which tools you're using and things like that. So that's actually a really reasonable price for everything that yeah. you're baking into those, those packages. Absolutely. I mean, what we've found is a lot of people, they may not realize, and isn't this everyone, whether it's professional or um, whether it's professional, you're in our personal lives with our streaming services and subscriptions to everything, but you don't realize how quickly those things add up. So when you're using a digital signature software, a floor planning software, a, um, you know, something like a I guess DocuSign is still digital signature software, but you have all of these different subscriptions. I mean, Adobe alone to get digital signatures is $49 a month and it requires an annual commitment. So, you know, that gets you a third of the way there to that, you know, entry-level package for a venue. So it's definitely, um, people will say, no, 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 it's too expensive. But then they come back and they look, oh gosh, I'm paying for eight different softwares. And I'm still having to kind of, hack processes together. And, you know, that's really streamlining. That's, that's what we're all about. And the other thing that I would just speak to is it's about time. Your time is valuable, especially as someone who's running a venue. Time is your, it is your most valuable commodity. Most of us in general, no matter what business you're in, you can't create more time. It's not possible. It's just not. So, you know, that's one thing that people really have to take a step back and think about, like time and energy. What do I want to devote it to? Um, Most of our users are passionate about their venue. They're passionate about their clients. They're not super passionate about taking payments or doing collections. That's not fun. Who likes doing that? Um, So we try and, you know, ease the things that are not fun and allow people to focus on why they got into their business in the first place. Mm -hmm. I love that. Awesome. Well, Jess, thank you so much for breaking this down. I yeah, really pleasure. excited to uh, learn more about Planning Pod. And I know that our, our viewers and our listeners will be as well. Where, if they want to connect with Planning Pod, learn more about the software, that, where should they uh, be headed? For all of our auditory folks who aren't, you know, aren't. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, www.planningpod.com. We'll get you right to our um, our main site. From there, you have an option to learn more. We have a fantastic sales team. Um, they are experts on our product. They are passionate about building relationships in the industry. They understand what people are going through and are are great at making sure that we're the right fit. Um, that's the other thing I would just share in general with um, with anyone who's concerned about like, is this the right fit for me? If it's not, it's not, and that's okay. We're here to like help you decide if it's going to work for you. We d- we're not hard salespeople by any means. We want to make sure it's a good partnership, and that's really the key. It's a collaboration. It's a partnership. It's consultative. Um, we're not going to sell you anything you don't need. <laughs> I love that, Jess. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, and uh, it's been it's been really fun hearing hearing. Absolutely. More. Yeah. And also where I'm going to, I'm going to get in trouble if I don't tell you, um, we are on basic, all of the socials. So we're on Instagram, we're on, um, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok. Okay, cool. We'll have to follow us. We'll give you, we'll make sure Hannah will make sure you get links. Um, she's the pro. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Cool. Thank you so much, Jess. Thank you. It was great to meet you, Jonathan. Hey there, thanks so much for listening. If you are a return listener, could you do me a huge favor and consider rating and reviewing the show? We don't run ads, we're not really looking to do that, but we do wanna grow the show. And so my ask to you is you take a moment or two and rate the show wherever you're listening to it, whether that is Apple Music, Spotify, uh, even if you're on you know, YouTube, I'd love, to, I'd love to hear from you. Please shoot me a DM though on Instagram so that I can thank you personally and I'd love to shout you out as well. I appreciate you more than you can imagine. All right, back to the show.